How about that? Greg, thank you so much. There once was a monk who took a vow of silence. Every five years, he was allowed two words. So, fifth anniversary, he heads to the head man's office. And he spoke two words. Bed hard. <coughs> the next day, a new mattress came to his room. And he waited five more years for his 10th anniversary. Back to the head monk's office for two more words. Room cold. So, later that day, a new heater was installed in his room. Fifteen years he'd been there. Words five and six. Food bad. <laughs> the next day, the cafeteria had a salad bar with fresh fruits and vegetables. On his 20th year, he heads back to the head monk's office. There's got to be a better word for it, but I don't know what head monk's office would be called. <laughs> Maybe after church you could tell me. And before he could give his two words, he was given a pink slip. He was being let go, kicked out of the order. And he asked, why me? Simple. All you've done is complain since you got here. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about being content. In a world filled with complainers, the content are a rare breed. And I hope you count yourself among them. Before we talk about it, let's pray. Lord, we get to look at your word today. Thank you for it. Speak to us through it and through your spirit that inspired the writing of it. Father, remove those distractions that could get in our way and help us to have a moment with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our story, you know, there were a lot of stories I could have chosen to illustrate this point. I, was in, I wrestled with Genesis, the third chapter, for the longest time because Adam and Eve fit these parameters that we're going to look at, but it's hard to beat 1 Kings chapter 21. The first six verses of 1 Kings 21. Now there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. So good real estate. One day Ahab, the king of Samaria, said to Naboth, the owner of the vineyard, since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I'd like to buy it to use as a vegetable garden. I'll give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will pay you for it. But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. So Ahab went home, angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall, and he refused to eat. What's the matter, his wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset that you're not eating? 
I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused. Ahab told her. It's a perfect example of discontent. King Ahab wanted something that he could not have. Naboth could not have sold the vineyard because it was his inheritance. And by Hebrew law, he was forbidden to sell it. He couldn't if he wanted to. Verse 4 is interesting to me. It shows that men haven't changed too much in 2,800 years or so. He went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. When men, at night, if you're married, it's kind of a courtesy to face each other just for a little while to talk about the day. But when one of you is upset, you put your face to the wall, don't you? That way you don't have to talk to anybody. That's how he was then, and that's not us here. We're, we're Christians. We don't act that way. But some people in this world act that way. And then you know something's wrong with a man if they don't eat. I can picture Jezebel bringing him ice cream that night. And he refused. And if you refuse ice cream, something is horribly wrong with you. So we haven't changed that much in 2,800 years. A couple of truths that we learned from this story about our struggles today with contentment. This is true for Ahab and it would be true for us today. You will not be content if you focus on what you do not have. You will not be content if you focus on what you do not have. Ahab was king of Samaria. He had a kingdom. He had everything he wanted. But instead of focusing on what he had, he had a pity party about a vegetable garden. And that's a little sketchy to me too. The king's not going to be digging in the dirt. He probably didn't even eat broccoli. And so his whole priorities have gotten out of whack. Instead of focusing on what he had, he focused on what he didn't have. In our society today, we are bombarded with advertisement about what we don't have. Digital marketing experts estimate that most Americans are exposed to around 4,000 to 10,000 advertisements each day. If you watch television or listen to the radio, there are commercials. If you're online, things pop up all the time or they're scrolling across and there's advertisements constantly. You drive down the road and billboards line the road or the car next to you has an advertisement pastored on the bumper or the side door. We're under attack. But Ahab had a problem more serious than advertising. He had a problem with his heart. James chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, describe that problem to a T. What's causing the quarrels and fights among you, or the discontent, I would add? Don't they come from evil desires of war within you? You want what you don't have, you scheme and kill to get it, you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. We're going to talk more about that in a minute, but before we talk about that, 
let's go back to the rest of the story. You probably know the rest of the story from 1 Kings 21. You know about Jezebel and her ways, but let's read it to catch you up. Beginning in verse 7. After he's turned his back to her and wouldn't eat his ice cream, Jezebel knew something was wrong, and she says, Are you the king of Israel or not? Get up and eat something, and don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, sent them to the elders and other leaders of town where Naboth lived. In her letters, she commanded, Call the citizens together for a time of fasting. Give Naboth a place of honor. And then seek two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Take him out and stone him to death. So the elders of the town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letter. They called for a fast, but Naboth had a prominent place before the people. Then the two scoundrels came and sat down across from him, and they accused Naboth before all the people, saying, He cursed God and the king. So he was dragged outside town and stoned to death. Town leaders sent word to Jezebel. Word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab, You know the vineyard Naboth wouldn't sell you? Well, you can have it now. He's dead. So Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard of Naboth to explain it. It doesn't say, but I guarantee you not long after that vineyard, he wanted something else that he didn't have. Let me read the word from James 4 again. Let's apply it to Ahab. What's causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires that war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Yeah, she did. He did. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight, wage war to take it from them. That's what they did. Yeah, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. That's the key to the equation. Asking God, do I need that vineyard? Can you make me content with what I have? Let me walk in your path. Let me do your will. And none of that happened. So remember our first truth. You will not be content if you focus on what you do not have. Here's the second truth I see in our story of King Ahab. If God is not our priority, our priorities will be wrong. If God is not our priority, our priorities will be wrong. That's a promise. Ahab and Jezebel are not known for their walk with God. They're known for just the opposite, being very distant. And to be content, we have to be close, and we have to have our priorities in the right order. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8, says it this way. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. In order to be content with just food and clothing, which isn't much, and we all have way more than that. In order for that to happen, we first must have what is taught in verse 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. You must have godliness. You will not have contentment without godliness. Matthew 6, 33 says to seek first the kingdom of God. When he is first, our priorities will be right. 
I saw a great illustration of this, of focus this week on the news. From the world of sports, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. During preseason, he was hurt, and he's out for the year with a bad knee. And he was good. And their backups aren't so good. The Vikings were good last year, and now they're wondering how they'll be. And at a press conference, the press was freaking out about what they don't have. They were just petrified they'd lost their quarterback. And the head coach, Mike Zimmer, was standing in the podium, the head coach of the Vikings. And he stopped everybody at the conference and he said, we got to keep this in perspective, guys. This is not a tragedy. My wife died six years ago, and that was a big deal. And I loved what Coach Zimmer, I'm not a Vikings fan, and I wasn't a Zimmer fan, I am now. I love what he did. He put everybody in their place, just like that. When Mike Zimmer was the assistant coach for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2009, his wife Vicki died unexpectedly at the age of 50. And Mike Zimmer, in that moment, reminded everyone in the room that life is a matter of focus. You want to focus on the tough stuff, the bad stuff, or the good stuff? You want to blow, make a mountain out of a molehill, or do you want to keep life in perspective? And when we have godliness in our lives, then and only then can we focus correctly and keep things in the proper perspective. So how would you describe yourself today? Content or discontent? Or does it depend how your team does? Or does it depend how things are at work? If things are at home, what are you? Let me share with you a key to being content. Thus far we've seen what not to do. This is, we've said you'll not be content if you focus on what you don't have. We said if God's not your priority, our priorities will be wrong. Here's something you can do, and I know you've heard it before, but you'll hear it again because it's true. Three little words. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. I know it's familiar. Don't toot it out thinking it's too simplistic. In fact, let's talk about blessings. This morning, I woke up. Into sentence. That's a blessing, isn't it? This morning I woke up. This morning I woke up with my wife Jeannie, who I would love. And I got to do that. That's a wonderful blessing. Yesterday I had oysters. That's a good day. Yesterday I had oysters. This week I got to go to lunch with John Orgeron. That was a good day. My football team, Mississippi State, lost their very first game, and now I don't have to worry about buying tickets to the national championship in Tampa. <laughs> the pressure of an undefeated season is off of me now. And with my focus and have my priority right, that can be a blessing. Tell me a blessing you received this week. Tell me one blessing you received this week. Here I come. 
Stuart? A 60th wedding anniversary. Isn't that fabulous? His granddaughter gave him a big hug and stayed the night with grandpa. That perfect example. All right, we're going to go back to the good Baptist. So yes, ma'am. Your mom is with you today. That is a wonderful I'm going to go a little further back. Anybody back here? I want to give y'all a chance. Got to see you and Jeannie today. Got to see me and Jeannie today. Thank God. I love that. I'm so very, very much. Eric, a blessing yesterday. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, sir. I reviewed my life and made a covenant with the Lord that I'll use whatever years I have left to make him number one. Let's pray. 